Welcome to Steps, a podcast celebrating people and their stories. Far too often, we don't give people the opportunity to share their journey, where they've come from, what they've overcome, and the amazing things that have happened in their lives. That's what we're going to do on Steps. We'll have real conversations with real people to understand how they've gotten to this place in time. Confucius said, the journey of 1,000 miles starts with a single step. So, let's start this journey. Today's guest on Steps is Anna Rantala. Anna is a professional beach volleyball player who hails from Finland. She's one of the many athletes who end up making their way to the United States each year to attend a university while participating in athletics. In our conversation, we discuss her journey with this, including all the highs and the lows that can be associated with moving to a new country at the age of 18. From there, her story only gets better as she transitions to a new sport, kind of, and how this transition has led her to experience some of the biggest challenges in her life, both on and off the court. Without spoiling too much of our interview, you're going to want to hear how she pulled herself out of a very negative place and found herself on the podium and the journey that took her there. This is a great conversation with an even better human being. Now, let's get into the conversation with Anna. Hello there, my friend. How the heck are you? Oh my God. Hello. Um, I'm, you know, I was a little bit nervous. I don't know why for this, for this conversation. Nervous? Maybe it's not like you, you and I are strangers. Forever and kind of like good way, for, good, way, good way for me as well right now in my life to reflect and talk to you. So I was a little bit nervous. Um, I'm really good. I'm, I'm just happy to see you and I'm in, I'm in a good mood. So I love it. I'm happy. I'm so thrilled to see you too. So anybody that's tuning in, right? Like we'll get into it. And obviously you and I have a previous relationship, but I want you to clue everybody in to where in the world is Anna Rantala right now. I am in Helsinki, Finland. So in the Nordics, far away, far away from you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here in our new um, apartment in Kapula for anybody who knows a, a little bit about something about Helsinki. It's, it's a nice area in, in Helsinki. That is so cool. Right. Like, I mean, and again, that's, you know, Finland's where you're from. That's, you know, that's where you, I've got, you pick up that accent. Everybody wants to, she told you from the Nordics, but like describe to anybody that's never been to Finland, right? Like, cause again, I've never been, and I'm fortunate to do research and understand, but like, what's Finland like? Finland is an interesting country. Um, it's a it's a nice place to be. Um, it has its uh, perks and downsides, like every country. But um, in the summer, it's really light. Uh, nature is green, like it's so fresh air. It's it's nice. Um, so we have the thing that during the summer, the days are really long, so the sun sun doesn't really go down. So like June. We literally have light all the time. Maybe Wait, like so one one a.m. It's going to be a little bit dark, but not like dark, dark. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, but then in the winter it's the other way around, so we barely get any daylight, and that's the tough part. So, like when is so winter? So summer? I mean, that sounds like it's like it's a dream, right? Like, I mean, everybody wants vitamin D, get outside, all that stuff. Sleeping yep. would be challenging, right? Blackout curtains, but like. 
winter, I sit in my head go like, I'm like, okay, during the winter, that's gotta be like, how many hours of daylight do you get in the winter? Is it the opposite? Is it like one? Yeah, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty depressing. It's like, oh <laughs> that's when I ask myself, why am I here? Um, but that's why I travel quite a, quite a lot. But um, we usually get like, I would say November, December and January are the, are the toughest ones. And then uh-huh. we get maybe like three, four hours of daylight. Like, how do you, how do you combat that? Right. Sorry. What do you mean? How do you, how, how do you combat that? Right. Like, yeah. How do you combat it? How do you, um, deal with only three or four hours of daylight? Yeah, that's, I don't know. You get used to it for sure. Um, I remember when you don't get, you don't get used to that. You, like, get, <laughs> you get used to it because I was just thinking when I came back from the U S um, so when I was living there for four years and then I moved back the first year back in Finland was really hard because mm-hmm. I, I was like, what is this? Like, how do you deal with this? Um, but then, you know, winter by winter, like after time you get used to it again. But I don't know. You just try to find cozy things. You want to like make your home cozy. You want to eat well, take care of your mental health. Like I, I've noticed that for example, in the winter time, I tend to take care of myself more, like do those oh. things, like drink, drink tea, meditate, like really kind of like be chill. But then in the summertime, I'm just like, I have so much going on. Like, I don't need to take care of myself. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's actually hilarious. Oh, that's kind of funny. It's and But that's interesting, right? Because I've talked with a lot of great, a lot of great people on the podcast so far. And again, mental health is a topic that continues to come up, right? Sunlight or sunlight deprivation is something that is obviously a trigger for mental health. Like we were in, when we were in Portland, right? We would get a ton of rain, a ton of gray, basically from November through, I mean, heck, when we, when we moved in June, it was still gray and rainy kind of. So like, understanding vitamin feed vitamin d deficiency and how that affects the mind the body all of that craziness it's really cool to hear that you're sitting there and you're like okay well i know that this happens i know that my mental state changes and now i need to shift and actually focus on myself and i want to talk about that right like you said meditation eating right like drinking tea like what like what are those pillars for you that allow you to kind of stay mentally healthy and feeling good about yourself in those times I think it's just the when we know the time is coming. So we live this amazing summertime and there's just sunlight all the time, good like things to do. You know, you have your holidays and you just go all the time. It kind of our culture or our mindset in Finland is kind of like, yes, the fall is coming. And, you know, like we know that we soon can again just stay at home and chill and we don't have to go anywhere we don't have to have plans and i think there's something about that that kind of like starts to change our mindset and we kind of know that okay in the fall i'm gonna start to take care of myself more i'm gonna do those things i'm gonna journal again i'm gonna meditate you know because i don't have the energy coming from the sun so i kind of need to create it myself if that makes sense so i don't necessarily i'm not saying that it's like always like that. I, I go through periods when I'm just like 
I don't want to do anything. It's super depressing. Like I just need the sunlight. Then I just travel. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, but then I, I don't know. There's something about it that I'm actually looking forward again that I can just like internally calm down and I can do those things that I know kind of help me because I can just focus on myself. It's it's super weird, but when I'm just thinking about it, it's it makes sense. <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. I mean, again, the for me, I go to like animals, right? Hibernation and, you know, bears or any animals that like they stockpile food, they prep, right? It's It's all the prep for the season that's coming. And for them, it's that's when they sleep. That's when they regenerate. That's when they do all the things that they need to do, right? So it's it's almost like, hey, we know winter's coming, right? We're we're coming into this and we've got this moment to where we know it's going to have some challenging times, but hey, what can we do to lay some groundwork to make sure that it's not as bad as it could be? And if we're going to even take it a step further, maybe not as bad as it could be, even we can make it productive and positive and a good experience while we're waiting for the sunlight to come back around. Exactly. I feel like there's just something about it. I mean, I, I feel like you kind of get it because you've, you've been in Portland. The weather is pretty similar mm-hmm. there and here. Um, so they're just, yeah. I mean, the sun is so powerful, amazing thing that just gives you life. So it makes sense. When we don't have it a lot, we try to find other ways to survive. And then when we have it, it's kind of like, oh, I can just... Let the sun have me. <laughs> yeah, just uh, here we are. Well, Take uh, me. What's kind of cool, and again, it, our conversation is is going to go all over the place. And for, lucky for me, you know, I know a little bit about you and your routines and some of the uh, – some people would call it crazy. I love it. Uh, but, like, you do something that's very unique when the winter months come to Finland. You want to talk yes. about that? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm not going to pretend that I'm this like cold water swimming expert or that I do it every day because I don't know, somehow I feel like my colleagues like gave me the label and I'm, now every time we talk about winter, it's like, <laughs> yes, she's the crazy swimmer. I'm like, okay, I really don't do it that much even. It's like, <laughs> it's funny. Um, but yeah, a couple, a couple years ago in the fall, I just started to I've always loved the loved the water and swimming in the ocean and open air. Um, so I just continued swimming after summer and I just started to like it. And I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. And then I figured out it's also like a thing that it's good for you. Um, so then I just continued um, throughout the whole winter. Yeah, I think the couple of times it was like minus 20 uh, Celsius. I'm not sure what that's. What's, do you know what? Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know what the equi- like, equivalent is for Fahrenheit. It could be maybe something like minus five or something. <laughs> um, and, and that yeah, that's felt, air. Te- that's the air temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we just walked our next to like our nearest beach. There's this little deck that you can go and just like take the ladders into the water. Um, I go there with my my boyfriend Oliver. We just try it and we're just like freezing, but loving it. Somehow you just like feel so alive. Your endorphins are just like, and, and yeah, that was probably the craziest because we didn't have any like, um, what is it called? Like a warm place right next to that water. We then had to just like 
change our stuff then walk like a mile home um <laughs> yeah but yeah when when i'm at my like my lake house then we have a sauna and we just have like the house right next to the the lake where we go cold water swimming and it's nice it's quite common common in finland well, and it, again, the, I think there's the pioneer, one of the guys that made it uh, very mainstream, Wim Hof. Uh, and again, I don't know what his uh, country of origin is, but again, I know that he's, uh, if I believe he's from the Nordics. But like, obviously now, like in the States, it's super popular. I mean, again, from cold water plunging, I mean, there's different, you know, there's different cold tanks that you can buy. And right, like there's um, one I've, I've looked at that's really interesting recently is like edge theory labs. They've got this inflatable one that, right. is portable and you can do it like, but it's the late, you've got ice barrels and you've got all this different stuff. Right. And people are pairing it with saunas and for, you know, multiple reasons, right. Mental health for, you know, kind of challenging the body, the mind, the soul, all of that stuff. So it's, I am not naive to the fact that it started over in your countries. And I think it's really rad that it's becoming mainstream over here. And obviously people are making money off of it and creating businesses off of it, but you've got mm-hmm. the perfect, like, I mean, you have the sauna, you've got the, you've got the cold water. Now, are you going to do it again this this winter? Is that the plan? Yeah, that's the plan. Um, unfortunately, we don't live so close to the, like a beach or the water at the moment because mm-hmm. we moved in, moved in May. Um, so I'm trying to figure out a new place. What's the what's the best way to go? But I'll still go a lot to our lake house, so I'll be doing that there. Um, yeah, I want to keep keep on doing that because it's like you said, it's for the mental health. There's just something about it that it's just another way of like finding those ways to survive. I mean, but you get energy, you just get feel good about it. It's for your wellness, mm-hmm. it's for your health. Um, there's also like I'm not sure if there's actually like proven um, benefits from it, but I think mm-hmm. anything that you find for your mental health, for your mind, something that you find for yourself, keep doing it. And that's one way for me. Oh, 100%. And it's, it's, there are studies, there's tons of studies. I mean, there's people like Andrew Huberman and a bunch of people that, again, they're digging in and uh, Brian McKenzie, they dig in on the science of all of it. Right. But it's also, it's the science from the mental side of things, but the physical as well. Right. Like, I mean, again, and well, this will be a good kind of transition into like from Finland to, you know, athlete, but like as athletes, right. Athletes take ice baths post lift after hard practices, that kind of stuff. Right. And what it does is it assists in circulation. It decreases inflammation, all of those things. And now we know that it has some of the mental component to it. So like, it's, it's really fascinating. I'm, really working for like that's i'm manifesting it right like sauna and cold plunge here at the house like that's the that's the vision and goal here in the next uh i'll call it within the next year is the plan so amazing and you can always just book your flights come here uh see get inspired and just do the same (laughs) just 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 a quick easy flight we'll just go across the pond exactly (laughs) well but speaking of going across the pond right like and it's a, like I said, it's a good kind of transition or segue into like your journey in life and from Finland. So obviously you're in Finland right now. You were born and raised in Finland, but in between there was some time where you went away. And I kind of want to uncover that because I don't know if a lot of people understand how common it can be, particularly in the world of athletics to, for 
players from a different country or athletes from a different country to come study in the States and come on over. So I was hoping that we could unpack a little bit of your journey and where we, you know, we connected, but um, yeah, however you want to kind of talk about it and start, you know, kind of, I'd love to, I'd love for you to unpack it for us. Yeah. Um, maybe I start with the, with the fact that in my senior year in high school, like still maybe a month before I was graduating, I still had no idea what I was going to do. Um, so that's usually like, I I know in the US you're like committed to another school when you're maybe in like a sophomore or a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the opportunities, opportunity just kind of came alive. And I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. There was lots of paperwork. So much like going back and forth. And then I wasn't even sure that summer if I was going to be able to to come. And then a week before I was <laughs> supposed to leave, I found out that, yes, it's a green light. You can go. And I was like, what is happening? Um, can, can, before before we go past it, like, I, can we talk about how that opportunity came about? Because I think that's one of the unique pieces to your journey and your story, too. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so so this is like all goes to my dad. So he was um, visiting Atlanta for not, even even the work trip wasn't like planned. It kind of like just happened to be Atlanta because he was supposed to go somewhere else first, but then something happened, and then uh, he changed his plans and was like, "Okay, I will go to Atlanta." And he went there. He had some seminars in downtown Atlanta and. He was also, he works in the education world. So he was um, visiting GSU and then he was just wandering around at the halls and he just like literally bumped into Sally Polhamus, who was then the head coach uh, of court volleyball. And then he's like this chatty person and he goes to like talk to everyone and um, uh, loves to connect as well. And he was like, I don't know how, what exactly he said, but basically, long story short, he says that, hey, my daughter plays volleyball and uh, she's actually looking for opportunities maybe to come study US and so on. And Sally said, okay, uh, send me videos, send me, like, you know, we want to we wanna see what she can do. And then, yeah, then that was like the first connection. And then went a little bit later, it wasn't like a right, it wasn't a match right away, but uh-huh. then after a while, um, by the spring, um, you guys offered offered me a full full ride scholarship, and I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> I, it, it, it's crazy to kind of revisit that with you because it was like, again, we were on staff, and you know, I know Anna mentioned GSU, you know, Georgia State University in downtown Atlanta. So, like. Sally Paul Hamas was our head coach. It was myself and then Betsy Smith, now Betsy Freeberg. Um, we were on staff there. And I remember, you know, Sally telling us the story about, oh, yeah, like, I mean, I bumped into this guy and his daughter played. And we're like, okay, right. Like, I mean, it's it's one of those, like, it's, it's a, I don't want to say too good to be true story, but like, it's one of those, it's like, yeah, this is something that feels completely made up, right? And then obviously, as we do, you know, the research, do the diligence and kind of get into the process, like, it's like, Oh, this is this is something that's real. This could this could actually happen. And I think the, the like my font one of my fondest memory was um, you were skyping with Sally, and she's like, "Betsy, Steve, come here!" And, and like 
you know, you have your Finnish accent and everything. And again, I'm from originally from Ohio, right? The middle of North America, the middle of the U.S., right? Like very little accent. So here I hear an accent. I'm like, wait, what is going on? Right? I haven't dealt with a lot of people from out of the country. And so this was kind of one of my first forays into it. You know, I had coached a couple uh, athletes that had been from different countries, um, one from Latvia, but like it's still a unique experience trying to find ways to connect with somebody that there could be a language barrier. There could be, there's all these different things. So, but I distinctly remember your smile and the energy that you put off through the camera. And like, it was like, yes, this is a, this is a no brainer. And we were lucky enough to bring you on board. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was really exciting time in my life. I, when everything just like happened and I was actually sitting on the plane, like coming to Atlanta, um, it was just, it was a crazy, crazy feeling that I still remember. I was, I had a, I had two flights, so I had a layover in Paris and I cried the whole way from Helsinki to Paris because I was like excited, scared, nervous, relieved. I mean, all of these emotions and they just came out and yeah. it was just, I felt so empty and so ready and I don't know. I've never felt that way. Again, it was like weird, weird feeling. What talk? Okay, so you said you've never felt that way, like empty, like in what sense? I'm curious. This is the first time I'm hearing this. I'm curious. Yeah, um, I think just the fact that I had no idea where I was going to. I mean, I had imagined it. I had my visions of it. I. I had my assumptions, but, you know, I was just scared because I like to be in control. I like to be, or at least back then. And I had my life in a nice little town with my family and friends and everything was in order. And, and then I was heading to something. So, you know, I had no idea what was coming, coming and what to expect. So but then again, I was really excited and I had been working hard for that as well because that summer was pretty hectic with all the paperwork and all the different tests and just having my hopes up because I, I was going. But then the next day I wasn't and then I heard again it could be possible and then it was again like a no. Mm-hmm. So I think all of that emotion came out as well. It was just, it was, it was weird. <laughs> It, it sounds like it was just a release, right? Like it was, because here's what's what I find to be very interesting is you said that you've you've envisioned it and you like pictured it and like this is what you were working towards, right? And I don't want to I don't want to glaze over that because like one of the things that keeps coming up, at least even in the conversation that you and I had pre-recording and all that, but like the power of manifesting, the power of visualization, the power of like seeing things into action, right? So here you are and. You said you envision this moment and this happening and it's coming to life. So to me, it feels like, my gosh, like it's happening. Here's the release. And it's almost like a, like a cleanse or like a, almost like that fresh start of like, Hey, here we go. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's funny because I still remember when I first got there and my first weeks, they weren't what I expected. And I was then crying again all the time I was like very nervous I felt excluded I felt homesick I felt 
like another, you know, kind of like new, new layer of that relief, of that excitement, of that, you know, scared, um, all these, these feelings. Um, but then, you know, day by day, I just started to adapt. I started to make like better connections. People started to like get me. I started to get them. Um, we always had volleyball that was like connecting us. And that was like the only Mm -hmm. thing that I knew was going to be somehow the same. Even in that, there's like a lot of differences in European and American volleyball, but still, um, it was, and then you have to remember that I was 18, like, what the heck, you know, when I think back now, I'm like, what a baby, like, you know, um, so just for anybody who's like thinking of doing it, um, especially with my experience going from Europe to us to study and play college sports, it's so amazing. You know, even, yeah, of course it sounds scary now when I'm saying that I was just crying and mm-hmm. <laughs> it was scary and all, all of this, but it's such a great concept, such a great experience. You grow so much, you become, you kind of uncover things of yourself that you wouldn't otherwise, because I wouldn't be the person I am today without the experience in the US. I mean, I just got so uncomfortable. I, I got comfortable being uncomfortable there. I mm. think I've never been, I would not be that comfortable with that if I didn't experience that because man, you guys know how to push people. <laughs> and again, it's, I don't like your journey. That's one of the things that I love about kind of steps and kind of why I created this, right? Like everybody's journey is unique and it's really cool that you can sit right now and say that like looking back on everything that was really, really hard, like damn hard and challenging and all of that, you wouldn't be where you're at today without going through that because so many of us, myself included, we sit and like, when things get tough, it feels like it's, it's never going to end. But we always come out of the really hard stuff. And we always come out of it a better person. And we always learn something from it. So to hear you say that, and again, you're competing on some of the highest levels possible right now with what you're doing in your career. But like, even reflecting back then, like that journey was something that was profound for you. And like, what... What do you think? You said it uncovered things in you. Like, what do you think it brought out in you? Oh, so many things. You know, when you live in a small country, um, you, I mean, it it doesn't matter if it's a small country or not, but we tend to go into our bubbles. So we tend to surround Mm -hmm. ourselves with similar people. Our friends are the same age, doing the same things. Um, you know, and that's very common here and we tend to all think the same and have the same kind of goals in mind and the career steps and like how we should build life. But there in America, I think there's just something different. I mean, there's just so many people from everywhere and it's such a amazing, crazy mess, but it's amazing mess. Um, it's like. I don't know, the mindset there just like helped me to uncover things that that I kind of knew that was in me, but I was kind of like scared to show in Finland or 
yeah I don't yeah maybe yeah I mean it kind of helped me to bring those things out that I knew that I had in me um, like what because like I've always known that I'm pretty like like social and I love to speak in front of people and like um entertain and be like a presenter um yeah but then I just feel like in Finland I was just only doing that with like my with my closest friends or, st- or stuff but then then that was it I wasn't ever thinking that like hey maybe it's like that's like a strength of mine I was just kind of like okay yeah that's that's just what I am like you know and then I just go and live my life but then living there and talking to so many different kind of people and being comfortable uh, with everybody around me in America, like speaking different language. And I just got so confident. I was like, Hey, I, I knew this is like who I am. And I love that. And I just started to like grow, 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 grow because I got confidence and people were also like supporting me um, just who I was. So that's, that's that like that's the that's the most powerful thing that you've said so far right like it's because you got where you went forced you to be uncomfortable but in turn it caused you to be more comfortable with yourself and be comfortable with the person that you actually are right and how many people out there I'm guilty of it I know you're guilty of it. anybody like we feel like we need to show up and we need to do something a certain way for how it's going to be viewed on Instagram or on Twitter or this or this. But what you said is you totally got out of your comfort zone. You became comfortable in your own skin and you grew as a person and as an, as an individual, like that's what we all should be striving to do. Like I'm, I'm speechless right now. Yeah. And, it's pretty awesome when I reflect now. I, I don't know if I could have like realized this a year ago, two years ago, but just when I think about it right now, something has brought me into this moment that I can just realize these things and maybe these questions or the setting that's like kind of like inspiring or like helping me to understand that it's so good to get out of your comfort zone and surround yourself with different kind of people, learn from people, um, try your limits, and just just go live your life. It's 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 so awesome. So you you got out of your comfort zone a little bit towards the end of the time at Georgia State too, and what I mean by kind of transitioning from court uh into a different volleyball discipline and like i don't want to kind of broad brush stroke over that right like that's a big thing so can you can you elaborate on like what you did at the end and how you transitioned and got out of that comfort zone yeah um so when our season was done or my senior your year in volleyball i I don't know when I decided, but I, I had always loved beach and I was kind of like eager to try it at some point, like a little bit more serious. And then I just decided that I want to try this. I want to give this thing a go because I'm not ready to let go of the athlete life. I just loved working out. I just loved sports. I was like, okay, I want to try something else. And I had, I had four months 
in US. Um, so I was like, okay, let's go, let's do this. And then Beth Van Fleet, who took me into their team, uh, was so awesome. Um, still just great memories in that. So all of a sudden I was like part of the beach team. So I went from indoor to beach and I was super fortunate to get to experience both of it. I mean, yeah, I only I know glimpse of beach volleyball because it was only four months, but it was just it was just very different um, to indoor, and I'm so happy that I got to experience both of them. And then I just fell in love with the sport. I just fell in love with the culture. I just I got I remember I told my coach back then it was Taylor who was coaching an indoor team. And I mm-hmm. told him when he was asking, like, why do you, what do you like this speech? And, and I was like, you know, I'm addicted to learning more. I was like addicted to it. I felt so strong towards the game. And I was like, there's just so something that I have to like discover. And I have to see this card, how far this can go. And I'm still on that road, discovering that. Yeah. That's like, again, you, what you've, where you're at and what you're doing, and we'll continue to get to that, but like, you've created this and I want, like, I don't want to keep, I, I keep bringing it up because it's powerful. You created and you've envisioned and you manifested your trip to the U S right. And going and playing there. And then here you are, you're addicted to learning and you're like, I've got to keep going with this to create and learn and do more. And, you know, Fast forward to, you know, leaving. Well, we'll we'll come, we'll come back to it. Right. But like, spoiler alert, Anna still playing beach volleyball, but like you've, you've created this and you keep doing it, but like, it wasn't, it, it hasn't come easy for you. No. No. I mean, I feel like that's, again, when something doesn't come easy for you, you know, you're on the right track of doing something that you love. Ooh, say, say that again. Say that again. When something doesn't come easy for you, you know you're on the right track. Because, wow. yeah. I mean, you said it before our before our um, recording. Something just like clicked when you said that when some things happen like they're meant to be, then you know you're on the right track. And then I'm trying mm-hmm. to like flip it around as well. In those moments, I feel like also when things get hard, but you're just stubborn enough that I know I'm on the right track because these challenges, these difficult moments are going to make me stronger, a better person. It's going to help me grow. Then you know you're onto something. Mm, and it's, yeah. 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 Keep going. Yeah. And yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, a year ago, I was heading to a knee surgery. Exactly a year ago, I had a knee surgery coming up in two days. And it's been a year already? I know. I know. Oh, my goodness. It's an anniversary in two days. <laughs> and yeah, I. it's funny because we, every athlete knows that there's injuries. There's going to be tough times. But somehow you just think that it's not going to happen to me. It's just kind of like... Why, why is that? I don't know. I mean, 
there's just something, I don't know if everybody thinks that way. I guess I'm sometimes too optimistic, too positive. <laughs> so I just like think that it's not gonna gonna happen. And then when it happened to me almost two years ago, my my knee injury, I just couldn't believe it. I was kind of like, you know, it's this is not real. I was really, really upset and I was I was going through a really difficult time. And I don't know why I think I don't know why I think that it wouldn't happen to me. I guess it's just one of those things that you just know something exists, but it just couldn't like um you know, I'm unstoppable. Nothing can stop me. Like when you're on your journey, you're mm-hmm. just like so you see your vision and you're so focused and you don't even think like there's gonna be setbacks. But then when it happens, man, I feel like there should be a way that everybody should kind of like be, I don't want to say be be, pre- be prepared because we shouldn't be like living in that. We don't want mm-hmm. things to happen because then they tend to happen. But I don't know, just somehow a little bit more realistic that life happens, things happen. One of my favorite quotes that I that I say, and I joked about it with you as we got going, as some things delayed our recording, but like life happens every day, right? Like, and if we're if we're uh, fortunate enough to be able to live the day, right? Like, so you're you're spot on, and you don't want to. We don't want to go through living in fear, and we don't want to go ahead and you know create and think about all the negative things that can happen. But I think what we need to do is be more open to understanding that. You know, life isn't all sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. It's, you know, again, there's ups, there's downs. And it's like you've said before, coming through it, that makes us who we are and brings us to where we're at. But I want to, can, can we go back to the injury? And I don't want to, I don't want to harbor on it long time, but like we kind of brushed over it. You said knee injury, but can you, can you explain like what had happened and then kind of the, the journey along that path? Yeah, of course. Um, so I had a little bit problems with my knee, but nothing, nothing that I was kind of like alert. I was, I was just like, yeah, that's normal. I mean, just some like soreness. And if I was sitting for a long time in a tight, um, tight space, I had to like straighten my knee, those kind of things. So I wasn't thinking anything about it, but then it was 2000, 20 fall in November, November 13th, 2020. Um, we had just started our practice, um, kind of like off season, like coming back again from off season. And I was super motivated. I was like, yeah, let's go. Like, I want to be in the best shape of my life. And it's like more load, more load. Like, let's do this and do that. And, um, I was, I was in a good shape and I was like doing really good things on the court. And I was like, wow, like things are working. Um, and then after one practice, so it's like we were cooling down and nothing even that traumatic happened. I was just, I was just stretching. I was on top of my knee. So stretching my quad, my right quad. Mm-hmm. And we were just chatting after practice. And then all of a sudden I hear this pop. I just like hear this weird pop. I feel something really weird. And I was like, I had to straighten my knee right away. And I was just like, okay, something isn't right. And, but I was like, okay, it was just while I was stretching, you know, there's nothing, you know, that's just some like a weird pop, whatever. 
And I went to our second practice at that night, like later that day uh, with that knee. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah. And then I was a little bit like worried. I was like, okay, this is weird, but you know, it's going to be fine. I wake up the next day and I still go to practice. Then I start to practice. And then I tell my coach, like, you know, I'm out, like something weird is going on in my knee. Like I can't like walk. <laughs> um, and then then we got MRI the next week. I got a doctor's like opinion. Um, nothing that significant was going on. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just it was just a little bit like a little bit uh, like signs of a jumper's knee, uh, but kind of in a, in a in a different position, like in my quadriceps tendon, so above the patellar, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, I I didn't get like a clear answer. It was kind of like. You have this and maybe take two weeks off and let's see after that. I was like, okay, cool. Two weeks. Um, that's like, I can manage that, but I'm still going to struggle. Right. <laughs> and then um, here we go. Two weeks. I try to go back. No way. It's just like getting worse. Um, then I go see a physio and we start doing like a rehab plan. Kind of the same thing from my first physio. He was saying that, yeah, this is pretty normal. Um, you can do stuff like as long as you can just like take the pain. Okay. Um, okay, cool. There's nothing wrong with it, but I mean, it's hurting so much, you know, something is off and this was going on a little bit, maybe, maybe two months. I was really struggling to just get my head around the fact that nothing is really broken and nobody really knows what's going on and nobody can give me like solutions. And we were working on with with the national team doctors in Finland. And I was like, okay, what, what, what is going on? And then in January, I tried to come back and we had a short break and I was like, yeah, I can go back in. And I, I just had decided that, yeah, I'm going to do it. Nope. Still hurting a lot. Um, that's when I hear of, of this new, really good physio from my volleyball friend. And I went to see him and I start to work with him and we have like a clear plan we do lots of rehab we're trying different things we're progressing but then when I try to go play more we're going back again so we're like a lot of ups and downs I was just trying to go into soon because I was trying to push for the season mm-hmm. so I just had like one goal in mind that I want to I want to play this upcoming season 2021 um yeah so then it was always just like, okay, two more weeks, three more weeks, two more weeks. And just all the time pain, just like all the time. I just knew something was off, but mm-hmm. I went to get an MRI again, the same thing. Nothing had really changed. And I was just struggling with the fact that, am I like crazy? Am I thinking that there is pain, even though there isn't? Like everything should be fine. Um, and then in the beginning of June, 2021, I heard of this p- procedure or this this little treatment that you can do um, treatment called needling, and uh, you can put like stab basically needles into the tendon so that the tendon would um, feel a big reaction, and then with that reaction, it would start to heal by itself. Yeah, push like more more blood and stuff into it. So I was like, okay, let's try it. Let's do it. If everything goes well, I'll be back playing in two weeks. I was. I just always had this mindset that I'm going to be back in two weeks. It was like weird. Yeah. 
and we try it no damn we hit like the the bottom it went into like it didn't like it at all i feel like we like had to start over it was super weak like i had a little bit more range of motion before the procedure or the treatment and then i had like none again you know like we had to start over um that was like mid june um but still somehow i was thinking like at the end of july i'm gonna play you know like i can play (laughs) and i was like constantly living in that mindset it was super super tough um but yeah then towards the end of the summer i just kind of started to let go and i was like okay i can't play this summer it's fine like i just want to be healthy like I don't need to be playing. I just want to be healthy. Like I want to be walking with no pain. I want to like dance with no pain. I want to do yoga without pain. And and that like started to be a bigger value for me. And I just started to let go. I was like, just let go. Um, I took, I started to take singing lessons. I was like doing different things. I was starting to work on a podcast and I had like all these little projects that I was like, okay, I'm just going to forget about the damp knee. Um, and it's so crazy because I started to let go. Um, my physio tells me that, hey, should we get just like another opinion? You know, like, let's just get another opinion mm-hmm. from a doctor. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I was just on my way to my singing class, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then kind of like, I think it happened really fast then. Like the next week, we go to see this our orthopedic. Is that how you say it? Yeah, mm-hmm. like a knee knee specialist. And he looks at my MRI. It takes like two seconds, and he's like, "You have a bone that shouldn't be there. That's like scraping your tendon. Like no wonder you're in pain." And I mm. was, I just, I just start to cry. I was like. <sighs> Thank you. Like I just knew something was off the whole time and I just knew there had to be a solution. I just knew there, there was something going on that wasn't supposed to be there. And basically he told me right away that we have two options. You can either, we can either do a surgery. Um, we're just going to clear it. We're, we're going to scrape the bone that was like formed there. We don't know how long the bone had been forming there, but probably for a long time or you could just keep doing rehab and not really you know try to just strengthen everything but the bone is never going to go away and I was like oh I'm going to surgery (laughs) and (laughs) I just knew it right away that um you know that's that's just need to happen and it was like the next week we had a surgery appointment um he did a stellar job we cleared the there's like couple other things there as well um yeah and I felt so relieved I felt so optimistic I felt so happy about it I had like solution to my problem and I had a plan for the next like three four months um Mm. so yeah this was this all happened like that was like a year and a half and then it's now a year ago since my surgery, and that's like a new chapter recovering from the surgery. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> there is so much that you just covered that I feel as though we need to unpack. 
And the thing that first comes to mind, I mean, I mean, that was a, that was a story, (laughs) but that's, that's the cool thing about it, right? It's your story and your story, I'm guessing, isn't all that different from somebody else who could listen to this too. So that's what's, I think that's, what's the unique thing, right? Like I want to go like the athlete's mindset, right? Like two weeks, two weeks, two weeks again. And again, I love, I'm friends with a lot of it. We've worked with great athletic trainers and all that stuff, right? Like, and they can do a lot in a short period of time. But again, it's, it's kind of common, like, Hey, let's push through, let's do this. Let's okay. Let's evaluate again in a couple of weeks. Let's evaluate in a couple of weeks. And it sounds like that was the mindset you were in. And I wanted to understand how you just arbitrarily landed on two weeks or like, and what that thought process was, what happened every time you hit that two weeks and it was, Hey, no, you got to stop. I don't know how I landed into two weeks. It, it just kind of became this, like, since nothing was wrong, um, you should be able to do do things. Um, just give it a two weeks. That was kind of just what I got from the specialist. And I was like, okay, two weeks it is. And, and at that time, I didn't really have, we had a little bit, like, unclear coaching situation as well. Um mm-hmm. And also with my doctors back then, I wasn't very like close with them or anything. So I, I didn't really have this support from from professional standpoint. I was just kind of trying to figure it on my own. I was putting a lot of like on Instagram, like if any other athletes have had the same thing. And I was just like speaking that a lot, out a lot. Um, and it just somehow just became like two weeks because I couldn't, I couldn't believe in my mind that I could. I possibly wouldn't play this summer. So then the two weeks always gave me comfort somehow because it's kind of like a long time, even though it's a really short time. Mm. Um, but it was so hard every time we kind of hit that two weeks. I just always looked at my calendar and I was like, oh my God, again, I'm still not there. I'm, you know, I haven't even done, I've, I haven't made any progress. And it was just, it was super hard. I was like, that spring was the most challenging part, I think, because we were getting closer to the season. Um, it was always that two weeks and there was a little bit progress, but not really like mm-hmm. that big that I could play. So that was just tough. And that's why I think I wanted to do the treatment in the beginning of summer because nothing had helped before. And that was sure. like my last hope that, okay, if this goes well, you can be playing in the beginning of July. And then I also had like my partner back then, she needed to play as well. So then I was like, Oh my God, I need to be playing as well. You know, like she's been just waiting. Like, what is she going to do? And we don't have that many like players in Finland that you could just like take someone, a decent player. So that was tough as well because it was really hard for me. It was hard for her. The whole situation was just, it was just tough. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to talk about that because again, obviously beach volleyball, you like when you're part of a team, right? That's like, that's your other person on the court, right? Like you develop this bond and this relationship and, here you are, you're going through things and you know, something's wrong, but yet you, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. This, this is like, 
how, like, what did that do to the dynamic of the two of you? And how, like, how did you guys navigate that relationship both on and off the court? Yeah, that was, um, that was a difficult time because we both are, we're both people who like to live in the moment, or at least we say that. And we, we try to like live, mm-hmm. live that lifestyle. And then when we had season upcoming and we could have been playing in Mexico in March and we should be playing uh, in Turkey and now we should be here, it just starts to kind of like hit both of us. Um, she was really supportive in a way that she was always just saying that, don't worry, just like take your time, like it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But of course, we both knew that this sucks. Like, what are we going to do? Like, we need a plan B. Um, and it was also weird when you're just, when you, when you are with the person that you're 24 seven, you're training, you're traveling, you're playing, you live really close. You just become like the best friends with them. And then all of a sudden I'm not in training. I'm not mm-hmm. in workouts. I'm, you know, struggling and just like, and then she's doing her own things, try to like continue to de- develop her. Um, but without me and without clear plan. So it was tough for both of us, I think, as well. I think we didn't speak about it enough. You know, like, what was it doing to our dynamics? Um, We were just, like, both in our own bubbles, try to figure the situation out the best way possible. Um, We were still still really close and, like, hanging out every now and then. But it just wasn't the same when we didn't have the excitement of, like, hey, we're going to go to Turkey soon and this season is going to be awesome. And it was more like, Hey, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if we can play anymore soon. And, you know, we don't really know what's going on. Um, So it was new for both of us. And I still don't think we ever like talked about it enough, Um, which we still can too. We, but yeah, it was weird. And it's, I think that dynamic is it's unique from the beach side of things, right? Like you said, I mean, you're around each other 24 seven. This is the person you're relying on and it, it's gotta be tough because you're both very invested, but then there comes a point in time to where it's like, look, uh, we need to, something needs to change, right? Like we need to, we, we we're not functioning the way that we were. Was there a moment that you're like, okay, look, I, I can't do this for you. I can't like, what was the, was there a breakup moment? Mm, there was like a slow breakup. There wasn't okay. a breakup, like in your face kind of breakup. It was kind of like yeah. obvious um, shift was happening. Um, and that was tough. It was like tough for both of us because we didn't that wasn't the plan you know we were supposed to play and do these things and we were really close and we just had like same energy and we were really close and then all of a sudden she is playing with someone else and I still don't know what's happening and I'm still struggling and don't have any clear vision and she's starting a new journey with someone else and it's it's really hard and especially when you bond somebody when you bond a friendship around that i mean i was her 
I was her uh, maid of honor at her weddings. And, um, you know, like we were super close. Yeah. Um, and then it just goes to a different direction. It was, it was hard as well because you, you, you have the person when everything's going like well and you're in it together and you're playing and you're super invested to each other and you, you try to do everything you can for your team to be better, but also for your friend. But mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we don't have the team anymore. We still had the friendship, but it was like also going to different direction because we weren't together all the time mm. anymore. Yeah. That's, that's tough. That's so how are you, and you said you have a new partner. Yeah. I mean, but obviously now you're playing, but like how, how is your relationship with her now? Um, it's good. It's, um, we've talked about a lot of things and we are still close. We're not that close that we used to be. Uh, we don't see each other that much, uh, just like trainings and playing trips and, and this, but not, not, not so close anymore. Um, which is weird when you think about two years ago, we were so close, but now things are just different. And it's funny how like small the beach volleyball uh, circles are in Finland because um, now she plays with her sister and her sister's old partner is my current partner. So Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. So we used to be like me and Ida are a little bit older and then her sister and my partner are a bit younger. So they're, they're like the younger pair and we were the older, but now it's like, the older and the younger, the older and younger. So it's that's like, really rad. It's yeah, and it, it is a funny dynamic. Like one could think, like okay, like how are they getting along, and like you know, is there like are they holding grudges or something? But I think it's like pretty awesome that we are we are still like really close, all four of us. We traveled to many tournaments this summer. Yeah. We trained together. Um, I mean, we play against each other. We we hang out. Um, it's it's quite cool because then at the end of the day that's where you see the friendship rather than like like it matters more it just does yeah. and i don't think if we weren't like mature enough or if we didn't build that amazing comfortable relationship between all of us we couldn't be in this situation it could be so much more messy so it's pre- it's pretty awesome Uh, That's really cool. And again, I'm a firm believer that, you know, God, the universe, whatever you believe in, right? Like people are put into our lives for a particular reason, right? And in some cases, we don't know why. We don't know how long they're going to be there or what the purpose is. So from that perspective, right? Like you and Ida, here you are. And here's the slow drift because of the injury. But little did you know that, again, perhaps Ida was brought into your life for this to help you get to this point, get through this moment. And then guess what? It opens up a door into your new partner, right? So like it's everything I believe is truly believe is interconnected. And these and people like people serve like serve purpose in each of our lives. We just don't always know what they are for how long they're going to be there. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you forget that. Sometimes you're so like mm-hmm. in the going through the motions or just going through something that you just don't realize that or remember that. But when you do, it's just you just see things so different way. I mean, it's exactly yeah. how you said it. People are put into our lives for a reason. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and even just you saying that and articulating that, right? Like I'm sitting and watching your energy change and everything. Because again, we've gone, we've talked over some heavy stuff and injury and all of this stuff. And even like the breakup with Ida and the slow separation. But when we can sit and take a step back and realize like, look, oh, like, yeah, all of this is happening for a reason. The people here are for a reason. And again, like we're where we're supposed to be. It's really powerful. And it actually kind of makes me, I'm going to bring it back around to like your freeing moment, your give up moment on your injury, right? Like it's one of those that like, this is what is going on and I can't do anything about it. So I need to embrace it. How did you come to that? Right. And then what was it, what was that like for you? Because again, that's not like you literally were saying two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, I'm miserable. This is tough. And I'm not glossing over the the tough times. We can talk about that too. But I do want to talk about like when you just gave it all up to something else. I think it was the moment overall when the season was approaching to an end, you know, it was mm-hmm. end of July, beginning of August last year. And that was kind of getting to me. I was like, huh, thank God the season is over. So, but it was just these things that people were, even though people were saying these things to me earlier, you know, I had a few coaches who were saying like, Anna, just like, let go, just like do other things. Um, don't play this season. You know, they were saying, saying that to me in the beginning of the season. I was like, Oh my God, that's so terrible. Like, wow. They're saying to me, don't play. <laughs> like, look, I'm going to play. Um, and I couldn't take that in at all. Uh, but then at the end of the season, I don't know, everything just started to kind of calm down and I was ready to receive and take it in. And all of a sudden my mindset was like, huh, that's so smart you're saying things to me that like, you know, it's just making sense. I can take this in. And I had one coach who told me like, Hey, just do something else. Um, when I had my injury, I started singing lessons and I was like, okay, that's quite cool. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I would have been like, okay, um, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be playing this season. I'm going to um, rehab my knee and I'm going to do this and this and this. And yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I was just not ready to take it in. And now I was. And all of a sudden, like, I think it was three people. I mean, it was two coaches. It was Ida then saying to me and uh, my physio was a little bit like, hey, like, just let go a little bit. And, you know, all of these things, I was like, yeah, just like, let go. Um, And then when I had the second opinion, I had already kind of like, let's go. And then, of course, that came. Of course, that solution came then when I was like ready to surrender ready to just be like okay I don't know and it just felt so amazing (laughs) talk about that because you just you just sat and told me that it felt amazing being injured and letting go right like because again I picture like a fist right and you're squeezing on you're squeezing on like you're holding on so tight but you can't grab onto the next thing until you release it, right? Like, but you literally said it felt amazing to be injured. And again, that's how I interpret it. But like, what was that? Like, what did that do to you? What the release? 
the release um it just gave me well it did two things it it gave me kind of like the clarification or the, the confirmation that i just knew deep down my intuition my my body my like everything was saying that something was off you know mm-hmm. i I was just always so confused when there wasn't like any solutions to my my pain. Um, so that felt so relieving just to to know that there is something that I just like somehow knew. Um, and then it just gave me this feeling that everything's gonna be okay. Like for the first time. This release, this release, this relief, this everything just came out was like tears of joy, tears of just like it's gonna be fine. Because beforehand I was in that like holding on so hard, and I was like two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, and I was like, oh, this, I don't know. And then all of a sudden it's it was gonna be fine, and those were just the feelings that took over. That's powerful, man. Like it's like I hear happiness, I hear joy, I hear like things that over the journey over a year, right? Sadness, a little mental mental turmoil, like the ups and downs, like the battles that you had, right? This is a freeing space that ultimately ended up providing clarity for you, which is which is huge. Like you can't. I think about how many times in my life or other people's lives or, you know, even athletes, right. They, whether we were Georgia state or whatever, people holding, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to like, and that's like, no, Hey, let's, let's zoom out. Let's focus on again, a what's important or let's focus on you, right? Like, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? And it's always very profound to me that like, after you do moments of that and you give it all up and give it up to a higher power, whatever you believe in, but like, how some of that clarity and how that's some of that stuff you step out of the turmoil. And it's I, I like, I love hearing that that happened for you whenever you kind of came to that moment. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was something that I needed to, I remember when I was telling my sister, she was also helping me a lot uh, to go through this, but she was always like, okay, so what is so terrible about this? You know, like talk to me, like, like what's what's going on and I was like well I just I'm ready to go back like I've learned my lesson like I'm ready (laughs) and that's the moment I wasn't ready like then she was like oh boy (laughs) but then I was just ready to receive and take everything in and I was super lucky as well that it happened quite quickly like Mm -hmm. then after a couple weeks two three weeks after I had decided that I can start letting go. I have a solution. Again, it's, I go back to it. It's powerful when you actually get to do that because then typically the solution or the next path or the next fork in the road or the next person enters into your life whenever you don't expect it. That's like, Mm -hmm. that's the, like, that's what's so really cool. I want to, I want to keep going, right? Like, because so we're coming up on, you know, in two days, it's a year from knee surgery, right? And we have this surgery and I'm not going to spoil it, but like, what, what happened after that? Like, what's the, what's the last year of your journey look like? Um, it's been a lot of 
if we go back a year and then it's after the surgery and then we're like a new stage of rehab and that's like a it's a rehab 2.0 because I had again I had like a mindset or I heard from the doctor that if everything goes well you're going to be playing in three months and I'm like okay I was gonna say don't tell me two weeks (laughs) (laughs) exactly hey we we grew we grew from that we grew from that there Um, we go but yeah he said three weeks three months and I was like okay that's it and then okay it wasn't three months it definitely wasn't three months. And I, I started to have this fear again. I was like, okay, the surgery didn't help. It's still hurting. I'm still not playing. Um, but I had this, I had my other side of me telling me like, don't listen to that voice. Like, you know, it's gonna, you know, you, you've been through this. Don't go into this. Like, mm. just let it, like, let it be. And you've been through this, like, it's tough, but you got it. Like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I was just, I was getting into that mindset. I was like, yeah, you know, I have time. We have time until next season and it's going to be fine. My my bigger thing is just be healthy. Like I want to do this right. So I have a healthy knee. And mm-hmm. then it was super random. Um, I was living in that mindset a little bit, kind of like sad that I still wasn't playing after three months. But then I have this opportunity at the end of the year in December to go to Thailand to coach, to coach uh, under 19-year-olds beach beach volleyball world championships. Um, I got this opportunity to go there to coach for Finland. Mm. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, why not? Um, So I go there. Um, I went there with the mindset that, yeah, I can train a little bit as well, but I'm going to coach and work and just do these other things like I can also train it's gonna be nice and and then there I don't know what what was going on it was was the heat was it just the environment was it just I don't know what it was I I had the courage to like try try jumping I had the courage of like try moving on the sand a little bit more and it didn't hurt Hmm. and I was like what and then I remember this funny feeling when we were playing. I was still, you know, my movement was sloppy and I wasn't like there where I wanted to be, but I was like playing without, without pain. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, I've, I've been waiting for that moment for so long, but all I could think was just like, huh, is this it? You know, is this, is this what I've been like so miserable about? You know, like it, it might sound weird, but you know, I should be there like, like crying for like for joy and being super happy but i was just like huh really like have i been like miserable because of this you know like it's it's not that i loved it i loved everything about it it was so awesome but somehow there was just so much growth and so much appreciation towards life and other things and health and just like friends and family and everything that i was just like I'm never ever gonna like let an injury take so much off me. Wow. Yeah. That's like that's that's powerful. Like that's because like you were defining your return. You were everything like it's like 
well, I've got to be healthy to be able to play and I've got to do this. And then here's your moment. And like, you're moving and everything's all good and da, 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 da. And it's like, okay, I did it. And it's almost like, now what? Yeah, exactly. It was weird. I, I remember that feeling so well because I had envisioned it. I was like, if I could just play, everything could be fine. Like if I could just play. And I was living in that mindset for so long. And then I was there playing. And I was like, huh, now what? Just like you said, like, now what? Yeah. Kind of this like empty feeling of joy. But also a little bit of confusion. Like, come on. Like, I have a life ahead of me. You know, like, I have life. And it was, it was kind of that I was kind of like even disappointed in myself that I I had let myself be so low, be so sad about it. When I was looking back, when I'm thinking, when I was, when I'm thinking now, I'm like, of course you are. You know, I had, I knew no better. I wasn't, mm-hmm. that was part of my journey. Like, it's fine. But at that moment, I was just like, really? <laughs> wow. Because like that to me, you said it right there. That's been part of your journey, right? That's part of your story. And that's what's brought you to right here. For me, what I heard was playing was the thing that was going to say that make you have joy and make you feel okay about everything. But yet in that moment, you had a quick realization that you were okay despite playing. You were okay because you weren't playing. And that's how you've you talk about growing, you talk about learning, right? Like you were okay. You were more than okay. You were really good without playing. And the playing part in my mind doesn't define who the heck you are. That's what's big for me. Yeah, exactly. And then it's funny because you say that because now I can look back and I was just thinking a couple of weeks ago with my friend who was also going through an injury at the same time I was. And we were speaking a couple of weeks ago because she's now back as well. And she asked me that, do I feel like I was happier during my injury? And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Because, and we were thinking about it and we were like, why the heck is that? You know, that sounds so bizarre. That sounds so weird. Why would we, why would we both feel that way? And we realized that when we were going through a tough time, we had to slow down. We had to find ways to mm-hmm. make us happy. We had to find ways, you know, I was meditating then back way more. I was more present. I was more aware. I was better to my friends. I was better to my boyfriend. I was better to my family. I was like present. I was there. I had more time mm-hmm. to like appreciate those things. And I had more time to take care of myself as well. Um, and now I'm just kind of like, everything is fine. I can play again. I'm really good. So I don't need to, do, I don't need to do those things because I'm fine already, <laughs> you know? Mm. And it's weird. And I really want to get back to that. I've, I, I'm really happy we had that conversation with my friend because now I'm aware of it again. I didn't even mm-hmm. realize that. Because I've been in this roller coaster of like summer playing tournaments, workouts, work, holiday, and dust light. <laughs> and yeah. 
now I'm kind of like we're going towards the fall season again how we started this conversation like winter summer and I'm realizing those things again like I need to take care of myself because that's just going to result in better in every aspect in my life and you need to take care of yourself all the time too right like and that's what I yeah. hear from you right like yeah you're going through it and everything's been great and you're riding a lot of highs but as you're prepping for I'll call it hibernation or winter right like Hey, great. This is a great time to reflect and get clear. But like, as you and I have had previous conversations about, right? Like it's all about developing routines and developing, you know, something that allows you a process to go ahead and make sure that you're progressing. And you've got these certain things. Like for me, I've shared it with a couple of different people at different times, but like, I've got four things that I'm working on daily. You know, it's moving, it's breathing, you know, so move, get out and move around breathing, right. It's some form of meditation or even just pausing and reflecting. Um, it's praying for me. It's digging into my, you know, digging into my Bible and, you know, having conversation with God and then, uh, connecting, connecting with another person because that's the stuff that lights me up. But like, it's for you and for anybody else out there, right. It's figuring out what those systematic things that you can incorporate into your day that allow you to use your word, be more present to live life and be and do all of those things. So have, like, are there things that you naturally do or are looking to get back to, right? You said you meditated, journaled, like what are the things that you could add in or that you'd like to kind of bring back around that helps you feel a little bit more whole and more present? Yeah, uh, definitely journaling. That's been one that I just love having my morning journaling, but then I just haven't done it all summer because I've been traveling. I've been in different places and that's not an excuse that I'm just saying that, yeah, I haven't been able mm -hmm. to do this because, you know, I'm traveling like, right. Cause that because you haven't, you haven't made it a priority. Exactly. But I'm like, I'm, I'm doing that a lot. Just kind of like find reasons that I can't be doing something, even though I mm -hmm. totally could, because yeah, I'm not making it a priority. Um, but that's something that's going to be on my priority list. Um, also getting out, breathing some fresh air, uh, mm -hmm. meditating. Cause now we have the opportunity as well. Like when I go out of my door, I'm outside. Like I used to live in a apartment building where I had to go downstairs and it's, it wasn't that easy. So now it's just there, but I'm not doing it. Um, and yeah, those are the two things. I'm just going to keep it at two because I tend to take too many things and then I get overwhelmed and then I don't do anything. I love that. But again, I'm, I'm a cut from the same cloth. You and I talk about that a lot. So yeah, like I think those are two good things to get grounded in and really kind of build off of. I think that's what's, that's awesome. You mentioned, right? Like going and doing and being all around, right? Like athlete life, it like it encompasses you. Like it literally takes over and like, it's not, all sunshine and rainbows and glamorous. And like, I mean, again, you don't prioritize, you know, reflection, meditation, all that stuff because you're constantly going. Could you talk about that? And then let's kind of like kind of the journey over like athlete life right now. And then let's bring it around to, um, I guess the, the culmination of what happened a couple of weeks ago as we kind of transition into that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it can be pretty hectic. So basically after my, after Thailand trip and after just like getting back, um, I made a successful comeback, I guess I could say. Um, and we started our season this summer and yeah, we traveled a lot. We, 
we went to Scotland, we went to Turkey, we went to Spain, we went to Italy, we went to Poland, we went to Slovenia. Hmm. All yeah. in span of like how uh, many how many months? Like how long? Like what was the time frame? Like within two months. Oh my so goodness! Basically, every time we got home, we either stayed home for for a week or so, and then we went again. Or then we also had a period that we were in Italy for two weeks and then we went straight from Poland to Italy. So we were on the road for three weeks in a row. Um, Yeah, which was like crazy because then it's just us two. We figure out all of our traveling and like just like the logistics and everything, how how we work and how we go, go to places. Uh, we figure this, out our so money. Just, to, just to be just to be clear, this is like uh, pro beach volleyball, like over in Europe. Yeah, like uh, kind of like I mean, again, we, we've got AVP over here, but like, is it like I, what's the how would you compare it? Yeah, so in the beach volleyball um, pros, there's three different level, levels right now. It's the elite, okay. challenger, and futures, and we play in the futures. Um, future level so the lowest one so we're mm-hmm. kind of like starting our journey together we're wanting to go to those tournaments to get points um we have few sponsors but we definitely don't have a lot of money it's not a lifestyle that you make money out of um, right. um but it's it's so fun and it's so amazing to travel and compete in those competitions yeah we were in qualifiers uh we lost a lot but we also won we got into the main draw we got a lot of good experience. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know. Is it is it like comparable to AVP? I think the top AVP is totally like better level. It's really high level. Yeah. Uh, but I think in the qualifiers, there's a lot of like different levels. Sure. Yeah, they've got AVP. like AV. I think it's like AVP next or something like that. And I, again, I just again I'm trying to understand like okay, so it's pro league over in Europe with you know multiple tiers. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. so yeah, we did that the whole summer and, you know, in that I was in a roller coaster, we were in different countries, we go into our bubble and, you know, I, I barely see my friends or family. I barely see my boyfriend whole summer. Um, oh, and then all, and alongside that I'm working part-time as a marketing specialist and I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing? You know, sometimes I'm just uh-huh. like, I'm going crazy. <laughs> I, and again, so that's got to be like, that's remote, right? Like you can do that from wherever. Yeah. So like you're traveling all over. So, and you brushed over and I interrupted whenever you started, cause I want a clarification on leave, but like you guys are booking your own travel, you're booking your own hotels, you're taking care. Like, I mean, again, it's not like this, you've got a travel agency or anybody that's doing it. Like, and you guys are funding this as well, right? Yeah. So we get our sponsors ourselves because we're not officially in the national team in Finland. Okay. We're in like the second level. So we're, we're basically finding our sponsors, and if we don't have enough money, we just pay ourselves. So that works, and yeah, we book hotels, flights, make the travel Oof. roads, and everything ourselves. And yeah, that's but that's the fun part. I like it. Um, I like it, but it's yeah. After after two months, and after multiple flights and travels and everything. I'm happy to be home right now and not to travel for a while. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just the lifestyle that comes with it. And I think that's why beach is also so cool because you're super independent. I mean, yeah, when you go into higher level, 
you have coaches, you have staff, you have people helping you with that. So you can like focus more on the performance and, and practicing playing. But I don't know, there's just something cool about it because you've become so independent. You've become this person that I can figure this out. You know, I'm I am taking in I'm measuring my capability of doing things. Sometimes it's too much and you need to take a break and you have moments and you have to talk talk about it and stuff, but then we have moments like this. Now I'm we're in off season, I'm just working. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm like, now I can chill, I can reflect. I, I have my time to just be. Yeah, we're going in, going into hibernation, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I don't I don't want to blow past, right? Like, I mean, again, you're competing and you said you made main draws, you've done all these different things. And so you're coming off of uh like was it the like would it be the Finnish futures like championships or what was like what was the last tournament that you competed in? So it was the Finnish championships. So yeah, it was the highest level in Finland championships. And so okay go ahead keep going yeah no go ahead you had a you had something so explain like so it's the high it was the highest level in finland right and you and your partner competed in it and like how what how was that tournament for you like competing and like how did how did everything end up yeah so it was a week and a half ago uh it was our last last tournament for the season um the national team players weren't there. So there are two teams in who like represent Finland and play professionally. Um, and then there's kind of like the second level who plays in the futures. And it was just all of those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were ranked two in that tournament. We were pretty much expected to either be like number three or, or, or two. And we had a semi semifinal against our training buddies and we, we beat them 2-1 and in the third set we were losing 9-4 we were also losing 13-10 and Ooh. we came back from it and we won we won that it was super like emotional match because we know them so well and like we're friends with them and everything and and we beat that beat them and that was like a match that after that we felt super relieved and we were like yeah. Okay. Now we're in the final. Now we can play free. Now we can just go into the game. And funny enough, we are playing against my old partner Ida and her sister. So our I didn't. Partner. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh so, man. So we play against them. They're ranked one, and we're ranked second. Um, they were like expected to win because they're ranking one, and they like played more overseas and had better results there. And yeah, we won two one. Um, we played really, really good volleyball. We served really well. We just like played so free and we just enjoyed it so much. There was a great crowd, so much support. It's just like so awesome. And we won the Finnish championship. Yo, I'm talking to a champion, like the Finnish champion, beach volleyball champion. Like, I mean, but I, I, I don't. I mean, exactly. I mean, I saw you had the 20, you did the 24 hours of wearing the medal and everything like yeah. that. Like, <laughs> and you have to, right. That That's the coolest part. I, I'm not brushing past it. I'm going back to something that you said twice in just the past two minutes about you playing free. Right. And, um, 
Sorry, Steve. You were playing okay. free. You're good. Yeah, good. Ollie, okay. I'm still in the podcast recording. <laughs> it's okay. No. Okay, I'm still. Just tell tell him we're tell him we're wrapping up. We're, he can come in and say he can say hello too. It's fine. Yeah, All he'll right. probably come in. Yeah. Okay. All good. Um, and again, I'm probably not going to edit that out because that's maybe the fun part. But like. Um, what was I saying? Oh, uh, you said it a couple times, right? Like playing free, right? And again, that to me, that's a that's a red thread, or that's a theme that's come up multiple times in our conversation, right? Like you gave up and you were free to just kind of go explore things coming out of your surgery or, com- or coming out of uh, like your injury, and then it leads to a surgery, and then here's your healing, right? You compete and you do this at the highest level, and you're in the semifinals and you're battling against your training partner, and the pressure's off. You played free. And here you are, and it manifests itself in something complete, like the ultimate goal of winning, right? So I don't want to blow past the fact that like when you give things up and you let go, not give up, give up, but like when you let go and can just be and do, amazing things happen. And that's proof in two things that you've talked about today, recovering from an injury or finding, you know, finding that, and then also being able to get that gold medal. So like I want to encourage you and anybody else listening, like sometimes that's the hardest thing to do, but in the next breath, it's the only thing to do to allow yourself to move forward. 100%. And it's crazy because in that semifinal, um, we were playing, I was playing with the pressure. Like I was like, we have to win this. And I was not playing very well, but and it's it's a third set and it's nine four. We're playing to fifteen and it's nine four and we're losing. And I'm like, oh my god, we are losing. Like we can't lose. And I'm like super tight and super nervous. And I just remember having a conversation to myself. And I, I don't think I could have this without going through the injury and like growing and doing all of this like mental mental work. Mm-hmm. I just remember I was talking to myself. I literally had this conversation. Okay, you can either lose this game and go to a bar or to a restaurant and be super sad and just like whine about it and just be like disappointed and be like, just like you didn't give your all. Or you can just now let's go and just enjoy this. Like you don't have this moment so you can enjoy it and just start enjoying and letting go. And then... I just let go and I, I scored. We did a side out. It was 9-5. And after that side out, I just knew that we were going to win. Mm-hmm. It was a, a weird feeling. I was like, okay, we got this. My passing got like really good. I was, I was seeing the court. I was serving aces. I took a block. I, I just did those things. And all of a sudden, it's like 9-11. Then we had a little lump again. It was like 13-10. Then ace another side out, you know, all of a sudden it's like 14, 14, you know, it's, it's crazy. This game is so mental. This game is so crazy. It can, it can change in like 30 seconds. It can be something. It's the moment when you think that you're going to win. That's the moment when you lose Mm -hmm. because you know, it's, it's so small margins and I see it all the time. I see it everywhere. I see in the pro games, I see in the juniors, I see in like, volleyball beach volleyball tennis you know these games it's 
and it's so fun because I went through all of this this injury and now I can see the results that I was working on. I mean, I'm like, damn, I did it. And I'm, I'm now like stronger than before because of my past, because of all that hard time that I went through and I can, yeah, there's moments when we struggle and it's hard to play, but I just have, have it there that I can play free. If I just like decide or have those, triggers that like can put me into that into that mindset that's like that's what it's about right like and again like i think that's a good kind of transition out of you know where we've been right because i like i want to i want to call out like some of the things that you said that stood out to me right but like at the end right there you were talking about you know being able to be in the moment and not worry about the winning and when you think you're going to win, like that's when things go haywire and everything like it's literally point by point or it's moment by moment, whether that be in life, whether that be, you know, on the sand, whether that be on the court, whatever that might be, it's being present, being free and just doing what you know that you need to do. Right. Like, so, and I, I think that you've been the epitome of that. And this is kind of, I'll roll it into my kind of moment of gratitude Tori, because like you've been the epitome of that over the past years, right? Like, it's been a journey and it's been a struggle and it's been ups and downs and you've dealt with, you know, stuff with mental health and all like this whole journey has brought you to this place right here, right now. And I want to applaud you and say that I'm grateful that you did the work that you have taken time to reflect and that you're sharing this with other people out there. Because again, I do think that it's going to be an inspiration for others to be able to sit and listen and know that again, winning doesn't define you. All these don't things don't define you. A lot of it is just kind of being able to be in the moment and be comfortable with who you are. So, like I thank you for for sharing all of this. I thank you for you know, I mean, ultimately being a little bit of vulnerable and sharing some of the things that you went through. You know, whether it be the journey with Ida to your injury and all that stuff, because I know that stuff's not easy and it doesn't always get talked about too. So like, I'm appreciative that you felt comfortable enough to share that with myself and our listeners. Mm, Thank you. And I thank you for creating the space because it's, there's always two people when talking, you know, it's sometimes there might be some things you want to say, but you just don't feel that way because of the energy or the, environment they we've built and i think it's pretty awesome what we've built because yeah i i really hope some people can get inspired by this or encouraged um it's it's tough injuries are so tough but i know it's like corny to say that you like grow so much from them but you just do and there's a reason why i went through that and i yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see where this journey is going and how to keep growing and and evolving and going step by step forward. I love it. Like and that's that's what it's about, right? Keep on going, keep moving forward. Um you mentioned that you know you hope that you helped somebody by sharing this and I know that you will, right? And again, even just little things you've shared with me has inspired me a little bit, but if anybody wants to connect with you or reach out to you and uh, dig in or ask questions or you know just say that, you know, that what you said has landed with them, how can they connect with you? What's the best way? 
best way is on Instagram. So Anna Ramtala. And yeah, that's that's the best way. If you're not on Instagram, I'm on Facebook also with the same name, or then just my email, Anna.Rantala at hotmail.com. That's always always an option too. I love it. And what we'll do is I'll link it and I'll make sure that people know. And again, if anybody doesn't want to reach directly out to Anna, you can come to me and I, I'm happy to connect dots. Uh, she's a dear friend and you know, I'm happy to do make those connections. Um, with that, you did say, you mentioned podcast. Is there any chance of the inner athlete coming back? We got season two in, in the works anywhere? The inner athlete is on the works. I haven't set any deadlines or time when it's coming. Um, I've started to um, navigate a little bit and start to create like a list of guests, um, a little bit of graphic designs and what's going to look like and a little, little bit of planning. Um, but right now I need to focus on other things and it's, but it's coming. I'm really, it's so fun because I need to share this. I was at the gym a month ago and I'm just there working out. And this girl comes up to me and she's like, Hey, are you, are you Anna? And I was like, yes. And she was like, you have, you have the podcast, the inner athlete. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, thanks for that. Like it helped me. I, I went through a back injury and I could relate so much. And there was a couple episodes that like really spoke to me. And I was like, wow. That's it. Yeah. That, like, that's what it's about, right? It's in positively yeah. impacting lives. And you're, like, you're doing it through that. So I want to encourage you. I love I loved being you know, your guest on it when you first launched it. And like, I want to encourage you to keep doing it. Because obviously, you do, have an, you do have an impact you know, from that perspective. So um, we'll link the previous season of Inner Athlete as well. So that way, you get, anybody listening can kind of tune into that. And then we'll, uh, we'll keep people posted when season two comes around. So my final question, I want to wrap it up and allow you time to go spend some time with Oliver as he just got home. And, but like, this is the culmination of what we've talked about. And I want you to explain in your words, who is Ana Rantala? Oh, okay. Ana, I am a creative, passionate, curious life lover who loves inspiring, connecting, and being. That may be one of my favorite answers to date. I love that. Like, and it, and it, I'm fortunate that I know you on a, on a deeper level than just, you know, podcast interviewee and, you know, podcast guest. And I, what you just said is spot on. So I think that's the perfect way for us to end the conversation and allow me to just say thank you one more time uh, for being my guest, sharing your journey. And uh, it, I love chatting with you and you inspire me. So I'm, I'm thankful for you. Thank you, Steve. Likewise. Thanks for having me. This was amazing. You know, we have this bond we connect and we can like just be real so you helped me a lot so thank you for for being you you're absolutely welcome that's the only thing i know how to be is me so and the same thing for you so until we talk again my friend i oh, will talk soon talk to you bye right, bye
the journey that Anna has been on is one that we can all take note of. I personally love how she took herself out of her comfort zone and moved clear across the world to pursue a dream. She kept going and battled so many things and continues to work on herself to live her best life. Thank you for inspiring me and so many others, Anna. What were your takeaways? What were you left with? Let me know over on my Instagram at Steve Venzel, S-T-E-V-E-V-E-N-C-L on the post for this episode. Additionally, please share this with someone who may benefit from hearing these words. That's what it's about, sharing people's stories and understanding how to keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe, and comment. And until next time, keep moving forward, even if it is just one small step at a time.